Welcome to the Great Lakes Sports Network Michigan State Podcast. I am Tyler Hayward. Be sure to check us out on Anchor, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. Be sure to like the Facebook page as well. You can get all your content from the teams around the great state of Michigan, including the Detroit Lions, who have a massive game coming up today against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, huge interdivisional game and Look, maybe I'm spending a little bit more time on this because that's where my hope this football season lies is in the Detroit Lions. And that's disgusting to say following an 11-2 and season. I mean, I, look, we'll talk about a little bit about Mel Tucker's post-game pep press conference. Uh, said some stuff schematically that, I mean, it makes sense. You know, he, he says some stuff uh, in the post-game press conference that we'll talk about in a second. But what else can you really say about this defense? We knew what this was going to be like. We knew Tanner Morgan was going to have a career day because I'm pretty sure the last seven quarterbacks who's played Michigan State has had a career day. And I don't think it's because of a lack of talent. Mel Tucker loves Angelo Gross, but Gross has got to go. Ronald Williams, uh, Amir Speed, our SEC guys, Chuck Brantley, I mean, look, he's the only one. Him and Kendall Brooks are the only two guys out of a five-man secondary that's holding it down to an extent. But I want to focus on, you know, what cost Michigan State the game yesterday against Minnesota. That's the offense. And it's not Peyton Thorne like you get some of these irrational idiots talking about. Peyton Thorne is not the problem. This is Jay Johnson. It is 120% Jay Johnson. How do you, as a man, not realize that you have to throw the ball with the best player on your offense. Or to the best player on your offense, Jaden Reed. Peyton Thorne's second best. Peyton Thorne did not magically get worse between two seasons. Peyton Thorne's not the one who's calling the plays to run it on third and three. To run it on third and four. To open up the game yesterday with two straight running plays when you can't move the ball on the ground. You moved it last week just fine when Peyton Thorne was making the plays. Just fine. And you abandoned it. doesn't help that Jarek Broussard's legally blind could have cut outside for a play I think it was on second down and have an opportunity to take it past the sticks the play was designed to go to the outside use your speed play Elijah Collins more man I'm sick of this Elijah Collins had a thousand yards in the Big Ten. He had 988 yards, but he missed a game and a half because Hayward started at running back. 
He did it off the bench for the first week and a half and still had almost a thousand yards as a freshman. And then you have Jay Johnson on third and three, or third and four, three different times yesterday, running the ball. Fourth down is not a down that you go for it. And he thinks it is. And then on uh, two other third and longs, the first two receivers, based upon where Peyton Thorne was looking, were short of the sticks. You are not calling plays to get first downs. That's not on Peyton Thorne. Now, if you want to say, oh, well, he missed that throw, yeah, guess what? You're allowed to miss a deep shot every once in a while. NFL guys do it all the time. He didn't get worse at that either. Jay Johnson is, and I said it last week, every bit as culpable as Scotty Hazleton in regards to the lack of success that this team has. And it's not just the fans who are getting sick of it either. I've seen... Nigeria Carter go off. I've seen Clifton Ryan go off, though he went off last year on 11 and 2. <laughs> I've seen Thomas Wright go off. You can sit there and you, like Nigeria Carter said on somebody's post that I read yesterday, you can have the G-Wagons, you can have the swag, you can have the Jordans, you can have all this type of stuff, the Spartan Dog Con, all of this is great. But it doesn't mean a thing if you can't win on the field. And you're not going to win on the field as long as the Bearded Wonder and Jay Johnson are calling plays for you. Promote Courtney Hawkins. That way you still get Jay Johnson's playbook, which I admittedly like. But you get somebody who wants to use the receivers, which are the second deepest group of wideouts in the Big Ten. I mean, it's a joke. You have all of this talent and you're sitting there running it on third and three. The line can pass block to an extent. They can't run block at all. Use your strengths. That's what a coach is supposed to do. A player doesn't know something. Look. A player doesn't know something. You have to make adjustments for that player. Or you have to teach them. And if they're unwilling to learn, if they're unwilling to be taught, then you have to change it to suit their style. And it sucks as a coach to have to do that. Trust me, I know from experience. A much lower level than Division One football, but I know from experience.
You have to make the changes. If you don't make the changes, the same thing is going to keep happening to you. Over and over again. Jay Johnson is going to continue to get stuffed on third and three. And uh, I had someone say to me, well, he didn't have this issue last year. Yeah, because he had the best player in America last year. He ran it on third and three a lot. And last year, I think I mentioned on one of the podcasts, I don't remember which one or after which game or whatever it may be, I mentioned on one of the podcasts, this concerns me. Even though Kenneth Walker is getting first downs, this concerns me because you're not going to be able to do it beyond Kenneth Walker. And I said, hopefully this is just a situation where he is running it because he has Kenneth Walker. Apparently, that's not the case. And that's a big problem. You cannot continue to do this. You just can't. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. You are running your running backs and your head into a brick wall over and over again and expecting to make a dent. The game of football has changed. Everybody talks about it. Everybody in football, out of football, game of football has changed. You can pass to set up the run. Jalen Berger... And Jarek Broussard are not power five running backs. Not the way they played. They may look like it against uh, mid-majors with a barely power five offensive line. But they're not power five running backs. Elijah Collins is. Just throwing that out there. And you know, uh, Mel Tucker said something in his post-game press conference that made me even more mad. He said, yeah, I've had talk with the coaches about the scheme and uh, stuff like that. Uh, I, you know, I'm not saying the quote verbatim, but he said that he talked about the scheme defensively. What were you doing this offseason? Because guess what? It didn't work then either. The only change you made, and I put a lot of hope into this, and if you heard my positional previews on the defensive backs, I I put a lot of hope into a mere speed being just a single difference maker. I put a ton of hope in that. Because if he didn't make the difference, it wasn't going to work. Justin White looked okay. Kendall Brooks has has good moments. Uh, Chuck Brantley, I'm not mad at. You know, he gave up that jump ball. He's four foot twelve. He's not that tall. He gave up the jump ball. He just lost. But he was in position to make the play. He got his fingertips on it. Charles Brantley gets a free pass. Because he's the only defensive back that we have that can do everything. 
Nobody else on this team can do what Scott Hazelton wants to do. Mel Tucker's talking about a scheme change. What did you do all offseason to make your defense better? You brought in one guy. Like I said, I had a lot of hope. I had a lot of faith in him. I hear receivers talking about him. Oh, he's 6'4", blah, blah, blah. And now that I'm starting to think about it, and they said that that was the problem. They never said that he was good. This team is trash right now. And it's not the player's fault. It is, I mean, look, I don't just took shots at a mere speed, but widely it is not the player's fault. This is the fault of the coaching staff is not putting the players in position to be successful. They're coming out here trying to run NFL-level stuff with college kids. You can't do it. And, you know, Jacoby Winman said something uh, after the game that kind of caught my eye. Ryan sent it to me, who covers the Detroit Lions for us. Lucky him. And Winman said something to the effect of, you know, we came out and we expected them to run, but we've got to be able to make those adjustments. Okay, first off, Who's responsible for making those adjustments? That's on the coaching staff. And if you run 4-3-3-4 type stuff, that hides Cal Halliday in coverage. Who, by the way, is not good in coverage. He's a great run stopper. I love him there. Not good in coverage. And then you also factor in... uh, We came out expecting them to run. If you're coming out expecting any team to run on your secondary, you've got a problem. Because you are not fooling anybody anymore. Everybody's going to throw the ball on you. Nobody's going to run. Blake Corum had a freaking day yesterday. And you want to know something? He's not going to be the quarterback, or he's not going to be the focal point of the Michigan's offense. That's going to be the quarterback when they play each other. They're going to try to let McCarthy go, just go off, even though, guess what? He didn't play well yesterday. But they think the defense is so bad. The pass secondary is so bad that they'll just be able to light you up however they want. That is a problem. And it should be concerning. Tanner Morgan is a geriatric game manager. He is to college football what Tom Brady is to the NFL. He's a geriatric game manager. And he had the best day of his life. Without his best receiver. It's inexcusable. 
You had an entire offseason to fix this, and now you're looking at it. Not after what Michael Penix did. After what Tanner Morgan did. You know, if you're going to fix it between weeks, probably after Penix is a good time to do it because you already seen how pathetic your coverage is. You made no adjustments between Washington and Minnesota. And that doesn't, that's just not on Scotty Hazleton. That's on Jay Johnson as well for running the ball on third and three, three times. Third and at least three. He may have done it a fourth time and was successful. 25% pass. And I mean pass on the 25% and I mean pass the ball. Your receivers are good. Use them. I'm not I can't do many more shows like this. This is an underachieving team right now. Everyone was like, oh, we do we take a step back, Vegas seven and a half, blah blah blah. A lot of the talent is back from last year. Yes, you are you were missing four defensive starters yesterday. Jacob Slade. Didn't really move the needle. Wouldn't have moved the needle yesterday. Simeon Barrow got hurt twice. Jeff Petrowski out. Darius Snow out. Xavier Henderson out. Uh, Chris Bogle kept going down. Doesn't matter. They weren't running the ball. The rush defense, given the injuries to the defensive line, Looked good against one of the best running backs in America yesterday. But I guess that's what happens when you come out to stop the run. Instead of stop the pass, which is what everybody's going to do on you. I'm looking at 15 every time if I'm an offensive coordinator. I'm looking at Amir Speed every time if I'm an offensive coordinator. And I'm saying... There's your one and two. Those are your two guys that you're throwing at. Anything other than that's a joke. Like I said, Brooks is okay. He's not great, but he's sufficient enough in pass coverage. He's passable. Chuck Brantley's always in position, at least. And he played, the problem is he's just the smallest guy out there. He hits like he's bigger than he is, but he's the smallest guy out there. So you have Brooks and Brantley. That's it. Justin White looked okay yesterday. But if you have three guys who are playing like that, and then you have Amir Speed occasionally there, Oh, by the way, he's dropping shoulders instead of wrapping up. If you have Amir Speed, who's occasionally there, you have Angelo Gross, who, look, he's not been there for two weeks, but he he has a tendency to play well at times. There's your five defensive backs right there, and you're still giving up a ton of plays like this. 
That's not a player issue. That's a coaching issue. And if you're not going to sit there and you're not going to force your coordinators to make an adjustment, why are you paying? Why are you ripping us off for a hundred million dollars? That's on Tucker. Tucker has to force the guys to make a change. He talked. He said he talked with his coordinators about schematic changes. If those changes are not made, that's a problem. And that's where I start blaming Tucker. That's when it becomes a lot bigger than the coordinators who don't know what they're doing. And look, I I don't claim to be a massive football expert. Basketball's kind of my forte. At the same rate, you know, I'm not going to sit there and claim I know as much as Izzo, I know as much as Tucker. I don't I'm I'm not going to sit there and claim that stuff. But I'm also not dumb enough to notice trends that are happening that Michigan State isn't seeming to want to correct. If you don't make those changes, those adjustments, like Jacoby Winman said, you're going to keep losing. You're going to keep taking L's. And the fan base is going to be done with it. That game yesterday was one of the worst losses I have ever seen. Mark D'Antonio's 3-9 and nine year, you know what, hey, they fought. They went for two against Ohio State, had an opportunity. They had an opportunity against Michigan in 2016, that 3-9 and nine season. That team was relentless. That team fought. They just didn't have the talent at quarterback specifically and got dealt a buttload of injuries. This team has the injuries, but they also have players in place. Jacob Slade was gone. Barrow's there. Yes, he got dinged up a couple of times yesterday. Barrow was there, though. Maverick Hansen is a quality defensive tackle. Chris Bogle and Michael Fletcher and Brandon Wright were all in for uh, Petrowski. Those are talented football players. Mark D'Antonio didn't have this talent. He didn't have this depth. You can recruit all you want, but it doesn't mean a thing if you can't coach them up. You can pull studs from the transfer portal all you want, but it doesn't mean a thing if you can't teach them how to cover. This upcoming weekend against Maryland is absolutely huge. Because you might not win a game until November if you lose this game. You can't let that happen. People have given Mel Tucker a lot of credit for last season and a lot of leeway from season one from the COVID year people have given him a lot of slack 
They've given him a long runway. This is year three. You have the weapons on offense to put up points. You scored seven against Minnesota. You have the weapons in your front six to apply pressure to the quarterback. You're not getting it done. You need to make some changes there. You're sitting there and you're running corner blitzes with Justin White. And he's getting in there. And Angelo Gross isn't up fast enough. You know, we heard the sideline reporter yesterday. We heard him talking about Tucker going over to the defenders and challenging their manhood. I'm challenging Tucker's right now. Make the changes to put the players in the best position. Tanner Morgan knew, and that defense, or excuse me, that Minnesota offense knew everything the defense was doing. And you know what? Y'all knew what I was doing too because we've seen this story before. We saw it last week. We saw it all last season. Except now you don't have a guy like Kenneth Walker to bail you out when you run on third and three. That's what I got for you guys today. Look, uh, we got former Michigan State safety Thomas Wright coming on. Uh, kind of a miscommunication that led to this scheduling uh but he he'll be on uh tomorrow and so I'm I'm okay with the miscommunication because look we're going to see what he thinks and I mean he played defense for you know some of the better defensive teams that Michigan State's had so we'll we'll talk to him tomorrow um We'll preview Maryland later in the week. But other than that, I don't have anything else to say if this team keeps playing like this. I mean, there's nothing else to say. This team sucks right now, and I don't think it's an indictment on the players. I don't. Especially Peyton Thorne. Oh, well, he threw a really bad interception. Yeah, it was fourth and four. You notice how nobody else was past the sticks? Three guys were short of the first down marker. Three guys were running around short of the first down marker, and he threw it to the one guy beyond it. On fourth and four, and guess what? Nobody else was open either. Sue him for trying to do his job. When he's got an incompetent bonehead up there calling plays for him. I'm so sick of it, man. Not not just the coaching staff and everything else. I'm just, I'm sick of the fans. Oh, well, we gotta change this, we gotta change this, we gotta change this, we gotta change this. All in the middle of the season, we'll be fine. And look, I know it's funny because I'm vouching for a change of both coordinators. 
but you don't sit there and just say, all right, let's play the young guys after two weeks when you know the talent is there either. But like I said, Thomas Wright will be on tomorrow. We'll we'll talk to him and we'll uh, see if he can make any sense of what we saw over the last two weeks. But uh, that does it for us on the Great Lakes Sports Network, Michigan State Podcast. I am Tyler Hayward.